I have been looking. You know, you, you line some things up, and then you 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 think about them that night. You know, Abby will vouch for the fact that a lot of times we'll text each other about 10 o'clock, and I didn't remember what we were going to do. Fair? Yeah, that's true. I didn't forget this one. <laughs> I didn't because I was fired this up. You up on your own, too. I know. I was anxious you to visit with Greg Warren after 50 years in law enforcement. 50 years. Uh, West Fargo Police Lieutenant Greg Warren has retired. Uh, and uh, you know what? He's here now. I got a chance to visit with him. How are you doing, Lieutenant? Well, it's a uh, whirlwind. It's been uh, the fifth day of retirement, <laughs> and it's been 40, not quite 50, so it's 48 and a half or whatever, but whatever. Yeah, whirlwind, uh, strange. Have you gone uh, to the to the you know the cafe and shot dice with the guys there yet? I mean, isn't that like a criteria of retiring? Now, some of that is, uh, <laughs> but I haven't had. You know, they say when you retire, you're busy, but it's all the finalization of everything and moving on, and yeah. your money managers and the doctors and da 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 da. da. How many so. how many boxes did it take, or were you not a a hoarder? Oh no, I had well if I'd have brought if I'd have taken everything home, yeah, that'd yeah, have been several. But there's there's a lot of stuff yeah. there that I knew I wasn't you know, you'd you just get rid of you gotta get rid of it. You kept it for a reason and yeah. then how much it, fun was it, it imagine this, we're going down this road. Uh but how much fun was it to give uh some of that to some of the younger officers? Because oh, I you know you did that. Oh yeah, some of the stuff that I found in the bottom of the drawer and you know, uh old tape recorders and some of the, you know, the old micro cassette tapes. Yeah. The new guys, what are those? <laughs> well, Don <laughs> Haney's still mad that we made him go. <laughs> you know, he, he's like, these tapes used to work absolutely fabulous. You know, it's like, Don, life moves on a yeah. little bit. <laughs> and they did work good, but we've went a long ways beyond that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, 50 years, uh, how old were you then? You're not afraid to give out your age a little bit here. No, I was in the 23, 24 when I started really getting into the jail at the oh. Cass County Jail. Okay, so that's yeah. where you started. That's where I started. So yeah. what made you, I know your family has a long history of law enforcement. Is that yeah. what, what prompted all this? Yeah, pretty much. Um, wasn't sure. I was kind of in that stage of what do I want to do. And, uh, of course, Dad uh, was in, you know, he's in the U.S. Marshal's office here. He was the U.S. Marshal. Yeah, he was. This, which a, is a major yeah. honor. Yeah. And uh, we talked about law enforcement and... And I thought, well, maybe I'll give it a try. And and uh, he said, you should go to the work in the jail first. And I, of course, I went. I want to be a street cop, Dad. I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want. But he wanted you jail. to see the bad. You want to, and exactly. And the long, the short story to that is, what you learned in such a short amount of time. You know, the criminal element, the people that go to jail, the reasons they go to jail. Not all of them are career. Hardly any of them are career criminals. And uh, what situations they got involved in that. Put him in jail. Okay. And, uh, so you, you're a 23 year old, 22 year old, and and you you apply for and you get a job working in the Cass County Jail. That first day you walk in there, I mean, do, I realized there was training involved in all this. Oh, yeah. uh, did you go up to Devils? Where did you get your training? Uh, Bismarck. In Bismarck. Yeah. Uh, at the police academy there. Yep. Okay. So you you go into that Cass County Jail. Do you remember it? Oh, I remember. What I, was that like? I remember my first day. I walked in and I went, "What stinks." <laughs> really? You know, it was a, back in the day, it was a drunk tank. Yeah. And we just, everybody went into one tank. Everybody went into one big cell block, concrete walls, concrete floor, uh, toilet wide open, everybody. There was one little cell there that you could lock somebody up in if they were causing problems. But it was constant fights. 
uh, it was uh, and in the summertime, and yeah, it was pretty pretty pathetic. Pretty yeah, pretty, pretty eye opening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really so you know, your your twenty two year old. My guess is is that at twenty two years old, you know, you're you're a tall man of stature, and you look like you could handle yourself. But you walk in just tougher than nails, you know, ready to get after it. What do you learn through that? I mean, is there do the the people that end up laying on the floor in the Cass County Jail kind of take some of the starch out of that? Well, they do, yeah. And uh, you know, probably the biggest for me to take away from that to get in law enforcement was people and learning how yeah. to deal with those people. And uh, and when we've come we've come a long ways from that, but what it was all about, the criminal element, what they tried, what they tried to get away with, and then the other ones that they were in there, they certainly weren't going to ever come back again, but they were in there because of circumstance. Okay. And you had to learn both phases of that and how to deal deal with the criminal element and deal with the ones that probably weren't going to give you much trouble. And I didn't understand how do you how do you help these people at that time. That was the big thing. They just came in, they went out, they came in, they went out. And uh, so that was a the the year I was there was probably the quickest learning experience I've ever had when it comes to our community, our people. And so from there on to what? Uh, went to patrol in West Fargo um, in '75, July of '75, and uh, I think there was eight of us. West Fargo, the old fire hall, uh, just down from the town hall bar, uh, the north door, and it was just a it was your space here was bigger than our police department and uh it was it was pretty interesting because my first I'll I can just about remember every minute of my first day because it was more havoc than anything and boy we didn't have there was there was no FTO pro there was no field training it, it was just the chief I interviewed a couple of days earlier got the job came out he gave me the uniform and I I walk in and he's already got my briefcase ready and he goes, here's your briefcase. Take your briefcase, all your accident forms, all your tickets. Everything's in there that you need. I didn't have a clue how any of it worked or <laughs> how it worked. And he said, follow me. And uh, I followed him. I went out, and we had an old, big old Buick outside. And he said, get in the car and uh, put your seatbelt on. Here's the keys. Put my briefcase in there. And he said, don't get in any trouble. And he walked back into the place. That was your training. That was my training. <laughs> <laughs> so it was i remember how back, much gear was inside that car in those days nothing other than a shotgun and a radar that was that, it that was it yeah and we oh, we did have a radio as well the young guys give me grief that you know we still had the soup cans and strings or whatever <laughs> yeah but yeah that that was it there was uh we didn't have cages in the cars um no cages there's no cages so you could yeah. throw somebody in the back seat could could you Get out of the back seat when you sat in there. Oh yeah, they'd end up in the front seat when you're driving to the jail. You know, really, they'd be fighting and jumping the back seat, and you have to stop on Main and get them back in the back seat, and you'd be wrestling with them. And then, you know, we, you know, we had we had mace, we had a little bit of mace back then, not much. So if they got really rowdy, you'd mace them. But if you maced them in the car, you got it too, because yeah. you're inside, you're inside the car. So we're both hanging our heads out the windows, you know, going to the jail, you know, trying to get our eyes cleared. So it was, uh, it was, it was quite interesting the first year or two. As a young patrolman in West Fargo, uh, 
you know, times were different. I mean, when yeah. when I was, you know, you guys are kind of hamstrung now compared to what you were then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, when I was young in my, you know, late 70s, early 80s, you were taught to fear law enforcement, not just in the sense that do do the right thing, you know, don't, but they could kick your butt. Right. I mean, the Earl Doshes of the world could, could the Harlan Millers of the world Harlan, could kick yeah. your could kick your butt, yes. and uh, that had to be close to about that time of an era. Yeah, it was, and it was uh, it was a tough, yeah, part of the era. It really was because it was more rule with fear than what we do today. And you know, the learning curve hadn't even hit us yet. So, at the schools, we couldn't go in the schools to talk to any kids. It was, I mean. You wouldn't tell, they wouldn't tell the police anything, you know, and you take them home to the parents, you might get something because back then the parents, you know, they backed us to sum up, but we didn't have, we didn't have close to the rapport with the community and the schools that where we're at today. It's progressed incredibly, uh, up the ladder. Yeah. 20 more questions, so you're not yeah. going to let you go. Uh, Greg Warren is our guest. 50 years in law enforcement, and what he's going to talk to us about, I have no doubt, uh, mirrors exactly uh, what happened to the Stan Leesons of the world in Williams County. I mean, it's 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 that whole era and how it uh, transcended into what it is now uh, to point. And I'll give you a little little hint, you know, going into investigation, going into forensics, going into being able to solve the crime. Uh, we're going to end up talking about that at some point. So you know where his career did go. This is what's happening uh, to Greg Warren a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Almost 50 years in law enforcement, decided to pull the pin and actually enjoy life without a gun hooked to his uh, his side all the time. It says, uh, thank you, Greg, for being mentor and a man I've looked up to pretty much all my life turn and burn and rock and roll much respected from Remick. so there you got buddies out there that uh greg uh, all right so <laughs> i said i gotta pick up the pace so you got cass county jail you went to patrolman in west fargo what was after that yeah uh well patrol uh went to sergeant in 82 still patrol and uh, work patrol till 94 and Finally, uh, and I always wanted to get investigations. Okay. After my first year, there was no doubt what I wanted to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there, though. Yeah. Sergeant, by the time you were sergeant in West Fargo, but how had the force grown? Uh, we had well, we hadn't really, to be honest, we hadn't grown that much. But I think we were probably at 16, 17, 18 officers. And where is it now? Uh, we're at. Uh, we have a total of seventy. We don't have seventy officers. I think we're in the high fifties of officers yep, and uh, with more coming on all the time. And, well, uh, and the, the reason, total is we're around 71, 72 people. I think right now, all this family of radio stations, I wanted them to realize what you went through with all that growth as well. And with growth comes crime. Yep. I mean, it, bad things happen when a city gets bigger. Fair. Yep. Absolutely. And so yep. you got into investigative, uh, you know, policing. I mean, walk me through this. Why did you want to get into that? Uh, because it was intriguing to me and every day and, and patrols different too, but I wanted to get investigation. I want to get on the street and wanted to work with the other agencies and go out and, and fight or solve, you know, find ways, uh, to solve the crimes because we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of tools back then. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have, you could go full circle with where we're at with technology and with staff and the number of people that we have 
on hand. And the other uh, departments were the same way. There's a lot of things you want to do, but we didn't have the manpower to do it. So, so give me an example. Uh, you've got a murder scene. You've got a an assault scene. You've got all of this, and it's it's 1990. What was yeah. it like then versus what it is right now? Well, the difference now would be when I did that, I was in investigations alone. Don Jones was detective. He went to work narcotics. He'd done investigations for 20. He was burned out. So I went in. So you were the only you were the only one in there, and you're still learning. And we had a couple homicides right off the bat, and you had to rely on. I relied on uh, you know BCI. Uh, Bureau of Criminal Investigation, assisting agency, they they were great. They came in and, and helped when they could because you couldn't. Whatever you do in this game, um, you can't do any of it alone. You you can't you can't start and finish alone. You're you're getting all kinds of help along the way. No matter what it is, you have to lead and you have to be moving ahead and and know where you're going. But you you can't do it with uh, the people and what probably saved all of this is how we got to work together really well and, and where we're at today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, that was the main stay of people hanging up their ego at the door and going, what do you need? Greg Warren, uh, is it's 48 years, right, yep. in, in policing. Uh, Greg, you're a young man in the era that we just talked about. I mean, to to investigate homicides, to investigate you know sexual assaults, you're you're going to some really bad places and seeing some really bad things. What yeah. was what was that like? What was that like to have to go to a murder scene? Uh, at first, it's just a huge eye opener. But I had some good mentor, my dad, and of course, I dad had been in law enforcement all his life, so I I I had a good indication of what he dealt with. I'd never seen any of it, but I'd heard about it. And when you walk into a when you walk into your uh, you're probably pumped beyond and you're not thinking straight and what's my next move and what do I have to do. Don Jones uh, mentored me photography. Uh, fingerprints were huge back then because that's all we had. We yeah. had photography and fingerprints. We didn't have DNA and we didn't have uh, Intel people and trying to figure out who we didn't have computers, social media that you so, can track all, people. all that cell yeah. phones. Uh, yeah. You couldn't go to the neighbor and go, Hey, you have your camera up. Uh, would, is anything on your camera from three o'clock in the morning last night? You know, Interesting. no, you just, was anybody awake? So you go knock on doors, see if anybody was awake getting a drink of water and saw any activity or whatever uh-huh. it was that, that was, was so different. So you had to really think outside the box. Interesting. Stick around. It's going fast, which tells me I'm having too much fun. Uh, Greg Warren, ladies and gentlemen, 48 years in law enforcement. Imagine that he just described. No cell, no DNA. He had fingerprints is what he had. More coming your way right after this. Greg Warren is in the house, uh, 48 years in policing, uh, West Fargo lieutenant, uh, just recently retired. I made Paul Jurgens come in as well because these two, in different capacities, uh, worked very closely. Uh, Paul is news director here on the News and Views Radio Network uh, with KFGO. Jurgi, first time you met this guy, did you know that he was going to be there for 48 years? Boy, I don't know. It's just well over 20 years ago that we met. Um, I've been here coming up on 40 years. I guess it's 48 for you. So, um, 
No, no. And I've been talking. How many times have I asked you in the last 10 years, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? <laughs> you had almost retired once before. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I guess my wife calls it procrastination, I, I guess. Did um, you get sick of that? Because I'm sick of people asking me when I'm going to retire. It's like they it, want you it, to. You it know was, it, yeah, it wasn't bad. Exactly. It wasn't bad. too bad until the last year and a half, two years. You know, people just hounding you all the time. Oh, what are you yeah. doing? You can't hardly walk anymore. You know, they give you a hound. You're elder. You're elder. You know, you need help. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, worse. and I'd come out of my office. Uh, this is kind of funny. I'd come out of my office to go up front or whatever, and a couple of the detectives would come over and grab me by the arms and, no, no, you're off. They'd lead me back to my No, 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 your office is in here. This is where you are. <laughs> So, I mean, you two had to work in, in different capacities because, you know, things can happen, homicide, whatever. Everybody has this image of how media works with law enforcement. You know, yeah. they just, it's a get you, you know, it's yep. a, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I got you. You got information and I busted through. And I mean, it, in talking to you, Jerg, it just, it didn't work that way. No, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Not in the long term. It doesn't work. No. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you'll. You want to get this story, and you want to have it first, and we want to have it right, too. Um, and it doesn't pay to throw it out there if it's not correct. And if, uh, you know, if it's a, an investigation that's in progress, uh, continuing. And uh, as a reporter, I've always uh, felt that um, you certainly don't want to jeopardize an investigation, and that can happen. If uh, someone prematurely Absolutely. reports on something, yeah. uh, the the person that you're looking at, or people, or whatever it might be, uh, then they are they have that information. Perhaps they didn't know that you're looking for them or you're investigating. So you you just have to be careful, and uh, you build a trust relationship. And we had that. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. Think, you obviously there's got to be a case or two when you think of exactly what we just talked about, where people are just busting your chops to get information. I mean, what what jumps out at you right away? Case that you worked? Well, the first uh, the first one was um, well, there were so many of them, but the, the big ones, um, Tendalin, uh, of course, you know the extent of that crime and what it did to our community. Of course, the media was was hungry. You know, mm-hmm. and they just they, they kept calling and and uh, of course I'd known Paul a little bit and in fact I, I can say after the first couple of times I met him and we talked, I went back to the PD and just thought, you know, I I think I can trust this guy because <laughs> <laughs> we were new to one another, but it was uh, you know where we were at that time and where we are today is it's. Uh, it's all positive. When, when you have that much pressure on the community, you know, you have that high profile um, as the Tendlin case was. I mean, how does that – that's got to take a little bit of a toll on you, and there's got to be steps that you're, like, double careful. I mean, how does that work? Oh, you uh, – well, when well when you go home at night, you're, you're sitting at home going, what do we miss today? Uh, it doesn't – there's certain things that happen – in, on this job that are etched in your brain for the for the rest of the time you're here, and you you there's nothing that you forget about it. That that's one of them. Um, the Charles Severson case, uh, some of the mean sexual assaults we've had. Um, you know, we had we had a shooting uh, some time ago. Uh, Raleigh Sandvig was involved in that, but all that stuff stays with you. But to really answer your question, it's never so. At three o'clock in the morning, you wake up yeah. and you go. Did, did we do that? Did, did we do what we were supposed to do? Or 
did we go talk to Jimmy or whoever it is or where are we at? Because you only have so much time and this thing's going to really get cold. And it's, it's, the bottom line is, is working together. You know, in that case, more Ed PD, they, they dropped a couple other guys, dropped whatever they were doing. And, and, uh, it, we just had an incredible working relationship. And that's what makes a lot of this go. Cause like I said before, and I'll say it till the day I'm not here anymore. It, it's about working together and having teamwork and, and, Take your ego and throw it away because we're all doing this together. How many different police chiefs did you have? Uh, five. Okay. Uh, yeah. Obviously, all different personalities. Oh uh, yeah. But you're you, you know you've brought up two three times during this conversation working with other communities, whether it's Cass County Sheriff's Office, whether it's Fargo PD, Moorhead PD. Uh, all of those can can take up the image of the individual in charge. Uh, when you're yeah. there for forty eight years, you're you're steady. I mean, Paul, that must make a, a really big difference when you have someone like a Greg Warren that you know isn't going to be affected by uh, some young police chief that's coming in to shake up the whole tree. Well, I think there were moments, but, you you, you know, I mean, you had a good rapport with all your chiefs, and uh, you've got yeah. uh, Chief Otterness back, who you worked with uh, when he was with West Fargo Police right. uh, the first time. And yeah. He just went to Bloomington, and he went to Billings and, and circled back, and I know you have a good relationship with chief auditors yes absolutely and i have you know and, and that's part the of the chief. reason you're probably still there yeah and uh all you know i i think i said it when when we talked uh i learned something from every i've learned something from every chief and i think every chief's been mad at me at one time or another and i probably <laughs> haven't been happy either that's part of that's that's part of it. it it's just not yes 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 you know but that's what you that's what to work together and and uh and there the the chief is where it stops that's where the buck stops. So that's their decision. So it might not always be uh, the most popular, but they have a job to do, and and then you work together to make whatever they want to do work. You ended up being an investigator with uh, with one of the biggest growing communities in all of North Dakota, uh, but yet West Fargo is the type of city where if you hear a name called out over your your uh, radio, you're going to know where that house probably is. Uh, yeah, in in many yeah. cases, yep. you in know many the cases. community until you get down deep south. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the new areas, those yeah. new areas. I'm like changes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I see address. I'm going. Yeah, it's got to be in Fargo because I've never heard of it before. <laughs> and no, that's in West Fargo. Yeah. Uh, one one so. thing we talked about, and I did an extensive extensive interview with you prior to your uh, retirement, and it's posted at kfgo.com, um, is you talked about mental health and 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 how that has uh, become something that law enforcement has to deal with, not only with suspects and, and people that you deal with on a daily basis, but with the law enforcement community. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real concern. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, we, back in the day when we went through some of the serious calls and some of the things and people with guns or it's it's really stressful events, we we just came to work the next day. You didn't You didn't have these people to help care for you or counselors you could go to or, or whatever. And thinking back, that probably hurt us more than we have today. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. Uh, and I think a lot of people know the mental health in our nation, the mental health in our area is a, is a huge concern. And it's a, just not for me, but for everybody and, and law enforcement and PTSD and, uh, the military, you know, deals with that. But what you deal with 
through the years, like I said, it, it gets etched. And if at times you don't deal with that the right way, it's going to, it's going to come after you. And it is, it's, uh, and what's going on on the streets today in, you know, in our, in our area here, uh, you just mentioned it, Joel, uh, we get, we get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have more crime and, and, uh, well, it begs this question, how big of a factor is, is drugs in our communities now versus, you know, years ago. Right. And it's, uh, it's serious because where they're going with, you know, the fentanyl just doesn't seem to want to go away. And, and, uh, the task force that we have right now, uh, those guys do incredible work and they're all working together. You know, before we kind of, they worked separately, you know, we worked with BCI a little bit, Fargo's on their own, but they've joined, they've joined forces. So, you know, they have a pretty good sized unit now to combat this. And, um, the influx of drugs that we have is because of where we're at and because we have two interstate systems that cross our city here that goes to every corner of the United States and, and beyond that really, that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's, it's right here. So what travels on those highways is significant when it comes to the narcotic trafficking. What, what do you wish people would know more about law enforcement that the public would understand about your job? Uh, well, we've, I think we have a much better, we have absolutely a much better understanding from when I first started because we didn't have rapport with, we really didn't have rapport with the community. And I think sometimes they, I, a lot of times they don't know exactly what's going on and we, we can't tell them. But, uh, I, I think the biggest thing is if we don't have the community's help, assistance in what we're doing, um, we are handcuffed and when we really are, and we were back in the day until we, until we progressed and, uh, learned how to do some of this stuff much better. Um, so the public is absolutely the schools, uh, the public, you could put it all together. Uh, that is all, um, just very important communication and community is, is number one. If we're going to, if we're going to move ahead. Yeah. So when, are there cases and think about this before we come back are, are there cases when you you look back and there's a regret that you didn't solve that you you know as an investigator you you know you're you're the one that's out there trying to put all these pieces of the puzzle together and you just couldn't find that last piece of the puzzle Welcome to this Friday edition of News and Views. Paul Jurgens, Joel Heitkamp here from the home base of the News and Views Radio Network. KFGO getting a chance to visit with 48 years in law enforcement and his family cut a wide swath throughout the area. Uh, you know, of law enforcement. His dad was, you know, a uh, U.S. Marshal here in North Dakota, but 50 or 48 years for Greg Warren. Greg, before the break, we talked about, you know, what what's out there that last piece of the puzzle if you're if you look at it and it's like doggone i never got that solved yep there was and and we all have those um i i can recall one uh was a sexual assault where the guy broke into the house and went downstairs and we thought we thought we had the suspect and we didn't and it was it's one that haunted me for a long time because we we just we ended up at a dead end and we we had nothing we, we just never developed anything. We didn't have DNA. If we'd had DNA back then, we'd at least got a profile. Um, we really didn't get any fingerprints. And when you, when you didn't get that and they weren't sure who it was masked, um, this was a long time ago. So she had no so, idea who it was. No, 
Okay. No idea. Um, so a couple other, you know, a couple other ones are some, the burglaries and stuff, they don't, they don't affect you as much. Of course, you want to catch them all because of the, when you, when you, mm-hmm. somebody breaks into your house, they're violating you. Absolutely. Take your safe or, or take whatever. And there was, you know, there was a couple of those, but um, I thought uh, overall we did, we did pretty well. And you know, the old, it's the old saying is, uh, whether it's narcotics or, or what kind of crime we have going, it, it's it's up to us to keep the lid on and don't let that lid come off and, and, and fight to keep this. You know, this is still a great place to live, still a great place to live. It's changing. Um, you can see that in, in, in what's happening throughout our communities, and it's a little unnerving with a lot of the narcotic stuff and more guns and, and more weapons that we usually didn't see that much in the past. How hard is it to tell when somebody's lying to you? Uh, It's not that hard after you've done it, after you've done it for a while. There are people out there that have no conscience, and you'll you'll swear to God that they're telling you the absolute truth and they're lying to you. But it's few and far between. And uh, it's uh, the the trainings you go through and and what they have today and, and just how people react to your questions. You know, it's... A little different than you talking with your buddy sitting at the bar having a beer or you're out mm-hmm. fishing or whatever. The response is you're talking, you're asking questions, and it's just back and forth. It's it's smooth. It's whatever. And when they start lying, it gets herky-jerky. They look at you, and you ask them simple questions. Uh, where'd you live last year? And everything is everything is delayed. Yeah. And when they start delaying, and there are certain things, body movements and, and what they do with their body and and just not one thing ties into that, but it it uh, it's a variation of of all those. One other case, of course, and we talked about it in the interview that I did, and perhaps you fellas touched on it earlier, is one case that perhaps you didn't think would be resolved was the case of Fernando Cesar, a Catholic priest, and, and, yeah. and ended with uh, him returning from the Philippines and yep. serving time now. Yes. Um, yeah, and I can say that uh, there were times because we went through this for 20 years and you were – you would call me maybe twice a month and there'd be times when I was like, you know what, we're just, and, and we talked with other detectives in the area and I just don't know that we're ever going to get this guy back because we're not getting the cooperation out of the Philippine government the, mm-hmm. the way we should. FBI was over there, but they had two or three people over there and, and they were, they were just running ragged. And, uh, but then you would Paul, you'd call and go, what have you heard? Uh, well, nothing, but thanks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll I got, go take a look. <laughs> I got 30 seconds or so left. Uh, ask your guests how much concealed to carry has helped or hurt. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was going to hurt more. It hasn't, but I, I don't. I, I still don't like the way they've done it because you got everybody. You got the people that are carrying guns should be like everything else. You should know what you're doing. It's no different than driving a car or mm-hmm. flying an airplane or whatever. You wouldn't put somebody in an airplane. Go, here's a control takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <You> know? <laughs> well, and, we're gonna call on you more often. Uh, did, yeah. This was too much fun. I could have done it for five hours. But uh, have a great retirement, man. Hey, appreciate it, and thank you guys for everything. And uh, thanks all law enforcement through the years. Uh, it's been great. Well, it's it's a safer place to live because of you. So, I mean, it is all that work, that life's work.